I think so. Something I've noticed, I think, with a lot of West Coast teams, I don't think they have the recruiting chops as an East Coast team, Southern team. Because it's just like you got more options as a as a player to get looked at from the East Coast teams because every it's always a school. With, like it's, I think it's more FCS teams in on the East Coast. Well, think about it like this. On the East Coast, you got schools located in a very tight space, right? Yes. Um, in small states, like within South Carolina, for example. For example, you got Clemson and South Carolina all within two hours of one another, right? Yeah. But South Carolina is small. In Arizona, you got U of A and ASU. Arizona is a large area. Top that off with the fact that when you speak of West Coast football and recruiting, you really only talk about California, right? Maybe Washington. You know, maybe, you know, maybe Washington, maybe California. So the schools on the West Coast, they want to go pick the same gold mine. They all go to California yeah. and they try and squeeze blood out of diamonds there. Overlooking the fact that there's some really talented kids in Arizona, New Mexico, Utah, Colorado, XYZ, so on and so forth. But when you're on the East Coast, you, you go got to Georgia, you go to Florida, man, you Pennsylvania. We're not even going to say the obvious ones. Yeah, we're not going to say none of the obvious ones. Everybody know Florida tight. Everybody know Georgia tight. Everybody know North Carolina, South Carolina tight. You got Pennsylvania. You got Ohio. You know what I'm saying? You got the Midwest there. I mean, even think about uh, a a state like Ohio. You got Ohio State. Then you got your your smaller programs, Miami, Ohio, Toledo. uh, uh, HBCUs. Exactly. So they just there's a lot more competition out east as far as bodies to pick from and recruiting. Uh, recruiting. So the coaches got to be on their shit out here in the West. They're like, oh, if we can't get a Cali kid, then we'll go to Texas. If we can't get a Texas kid, then maybe we'll look at an Arizona kid. Maybe we'll, you know, maybe we'll go to go to Nevada. You know what I'm saying? So so I think you're right. I think they I don't want to say he's lazy. They just got a different speed of recruiting out here. It's not as urgent because the talent pool is they they go to the well in the same talent pool every single time. So, I th- but but I think because I'm I'm thinking about you going through the recruiting process, your son. I think it would be totally different if he was on the East Coast. Well, I would say ACC schools. That's those are the schools that are in contact the most. Um, we got two Pac-12 schools. I want to say we've been in contact with because his first offer was Syracuse. That's ACC, so yeah, that that sparked it up. And then um, he got some Notre Dame interest. Um, Duke's always been on the line. Um, University of Miami has has thrown some interest. You know, all this is like it's not no solid like oh we love your son we're gonna offer him right now. Yeah, it's a little is- foreplay. Right, exactly, exactly. So I'm not saying like, oh, my son got all these power five offers, and it's nothing like that. That's not how recruiting works for for us. We not we not a blue chip recruit. He's a three star, but he's not, you know, those four star, five stars that just got everybody beating the door down for him. That's not where we're at yet. But he's only he's going into his junior year, so we'll see what it turns into. 
Um, but yeah, no, it, it's funny because he's getting recruited by Midwest and East Coast schools. Strategically for me and my pockets, I'm not going to go to Duke and, you know, pay plane ticket because these are all unofficial visits right now. Uh, I'm not paying the plane ticket. I'm not paying the hotel, the car rental to go out to Duke. And I don't know if you really love me like that. Yeah, so I'll true. have him that message. I'll have him message the coaches at Duke. And, you know, depending on how they respond, it'll be like, okay, yeah, Duke would be a good play. Let's, let's put that visit down. Let's get to that camp. Let's go do that. They, I didn't really get the sense that that's where they were at in the process. So yeah. it was like, all right, cool. But every time we message Notre Dame, Notre Dame responds back. Every time we hit yeah. the coach up, he's giving us feedback. So I was like, that's the school I want to go to because they're actively recruiting you. So, you know, we're going into the junior year. We'll see how it is. But it's, it's ironic you said that because most of the schools that are flirting with us are East Coast schools. We don't really have no Pac-12 interest, but we're going up to Vegas later on today to try and make try and change that. So, Man, um, I really think that you should – like look into more, you know what I mean? Because the thing about, I think you should look into more uh, East Coast schools. I re- I really do. I think. Can I tell you a story? There, yeah, go ahead. Can I tell you a story? Yeah. The, before before everything really popped off with Notre Dame, like I we didn't know how much they loved, and we didn't know if they just wanted to be a camp body. But then we got the camp invite, and they, they took care of that, and it was love. The Notre Dame coach, if I te- if I if I message him right now within this podcast and he's like, yo, coach, what's up? Within five minutes, that coach will hit me back and be like, what's good? We're talking about, I don't care how you feel about Notre Dame, one of the most powerful football yeah, programs I, I in the country. I respect Notre Dame recruiting. I respect Notre Dame right? recruiting. One of the, that coach will hit me back in five minutes. Hey, Pat, what's going on? How's Los doing? How's your... He'll hit me back just like that. I told Southern University... If you offer my son or if you even rock with us, I will make sure Southern is in the top five. The entire recruiting process, I don't care who comes, Bama can come, whatever it comes. Somebody else getting knocked out because I'm going to tell my son, Southern University was there on the ground floor. Make sure they're in your top five. We consider them. We're using the visit there. It don't matter. So you fill the other four out. I ain't got no call from Southern yet. But, but you're, telling me, you're telling me a Notre Dame coach can hit me back within – five, ten minutes of me reaching out to him. That's a big-time program. So, Let's keep it real. I'm so just saying. Let, let, let me – go ahead. My bad. Go ahead. No, that, that was it. I'm just saying if if my son is good enough for Notre Dame to be responsive, wouldn't you also figure that Southern University should be as responsive? But a school like Southern – but, again, your, your, your son is a, is a rising junior. They don't get into the chat into – uh, most HBCUs don't get into the chat until the end of their um, junior year or, or or in the middle of their junior year, and uh, unless they're a kid that's kind of in the area. So, like for instance, I saw it's a kid uh, up in Charlotte. Uh, they play at a school called Vance, right? Uh, running back, right? Kid, kid's pretty legit, right? He has an offer from uh, A&T, right? But, and, you know, and I think he's, I think maybe NC State offered too, but, like, the nigga has literally, you know, been in the chat for a minute. You know what I mean? Like, right. But then, but then again, he's in the backyard. So, but maybe, 
maybe that should maybe there should be a refocus on when they get into the chat because I'm telling you right now, they if they jumped in early, Syracuse was bold enough to jump in early. Texas Tech got on the line. Cal football is hitting us up. If these schools are aware enough to get in the chat early, why wouldn't the HBCUs be doing? I'm not saying they got to offer us. I'm just saying start the relationship. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm not asking for the offer. I'm just saying if you start the relationship. I'll make sure that that at the dinner table every night, Southern University is on the tip of his tongue. We're not even there yet with them, but we there with we there with UNLV, we there with uh, with Notre Dame, we there with uh, with Texas Tech. So, well, you, you well, I mean, you naming guys that can you you're naming teams that can offer a kid in ninth grade or eighth grade or some shit like that. You know what I mean? A lot of and, and, and I'm not making an excuse for it. You know, I'm pro HBCU. I'm not making an excuse, but I, you know, a lot of a lot of guys, a lot of HBCUs, they don't want to. It, it, it's difficult for them to, you know, uh, invest resources in in that when you know your son might blow up and don't come at all. Now, I'm, and I remember when I saw the I'm athlete episode when Prime said, "Well, shoot." You know, I'm gonna shoot my shot. I think a, a school like Southern, they're not in the position to shoot their shot when they got a coaching transition. They got a lot going on. You feel me? And plus, uh, if you look at the FCS budget, they ain't got. I mean, what well, some FC, HBCU budgets? They don't got the. They don't got the thing that the the kind of look over there in AZ like that. Man, listen. It don't cost nobody nothing. It don't cost the athletic department nothing for their coaches to hop on Twitter and shoot a kid at, yo, what's up? I saw your film and I like it. Okay, have you tried a and I've literally tried every FCS HBCU that's out there. Everyone has this film. We're talking about FAMU, A&T, Southern, Alabama A&M. Uh, we're not even going to mention Jackson State because that's we, they damn they're operating on different rules than everybody else. So they, that's a little bit different. Um, you know what? I'm I'm glad. You know what? I'm glad you brought this up. This so let me let me start. Yeah, I mean, barbershop mentality. Adjacent. I keep saying it wrong. Uh, football and bullshit. I'm your guy Julius Rock with my man P. Uh, something that we have had a lot of conversations on at HBCUs and recruiting. A, a lot of conversations, maybe about uh, over a year, maybe two years, right? On the side, Not, yeah. On the side, on the side, side yeah, yeah. Right about, about HBCUs and recruitment, right? I would so, say maybe even longer, but just it, maybe, it, it maybe, maybe on mind. You know what I mean? Because this is nothing. This is not the first time we've had this conversation. So, I, I, this is how I feel, person. I do not, I'm a big HBCU supporter, right? Huge HBCU supporter. But I do not like the excuses that we make sometimes when it comes to recruitment. I do not like the excuses. And then I don't like people that come online and bitch and say, well, why such and such don't go here? Well, why such and such don't go here? If we could just get all the athletes and they just go to all the HBCUs and then, you know, here we are in these situations with these predicaments, with these opportunities, and we don't act on it. You know that that that's a a big thing to me. You know what I mean? I've I've had uh, you know, um, I got a guy right now, 
um, that I, you know, that I'm assisting. I used to coach him, but he's at another school. Um, I got a fucking uh, text from um, something called, I think, HBCU Digest or some shit, right? And they sent me a website. Yo, can you have a fill out this waiver, right? I mean, well, this questionnaire, right? And I'm thinking to myself, well, if Georgia offered this nigga, why can't y'all? Why, why you asking me, nigga? Like, why, why Georgia can't speak to the nigga? Right. I, I mean, I mean, not Georgia, but why can't can't speak to the nigga? If Georgia, Georgia said, yo, we here. We here. This is what the fuck we doing. Why can't you? So I get, I get it. I get it. You know, I, I feel like sometimes uh, elite talent, you know, shouldn't have to run down to HBCUs. So, I, and I'm I'm guessing it has something to do with they don't want, maybe they don't want to open the floodgates because if they get a whole class of, of individuals that uh, that decide they want to take officials, now they're responsible for footing that bill. So I don't know if that's the case, but I'm saying that shouldn't be. Well, that, a fear. No, no, that's that's not the case. That they they do that all the time. They all, you know they they get them. They you know they, it's it's easier to do at local or it's easy to do in state. That's 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 not only that's an excuse. I I can't put my finger on why. I man, it's got it's got to be money related because it doesn't make sense to me why they're not out in Arizona. There's black people in Arizona going to Southwest Minnesota, uh, Northeast Coast, West Coast, uh, Montana. Man, why are we out there when we could be down south? around our people. That's always been my biggest thing, being a being a, a sports parent out here on the West Coast. Our kids are willing to play football anywhere. They're willing to go to Idaho. They're willing to go to Minnesota, Montana, South Dakota to play football. Why can't they go to Louisiana, well, Alabama, you know Mississippi? You know here's, the, now here's the other thing, right? Here's the other thing, right? So as a parent, you don't, you know, you're a private school P, correct? That's right. Private school P has is already paying, correct? That's right. Private school P don't want to pay for college, correct? Uh, uh, yeah, no. Private school P didn't want to pay for private school, but at the end of the day, but private, private school, school P is going to do what he wants. Private school P, uh, he didn't want to play. He don't want to pay for private school, but he paid for private school because he didn't want to pay for college, correct? It's, it's an investment. Right, it's an investment. All right, so if he if such and such gets into the chat, right? Let's say uh, let's just say how Howard gets into the chat. Yo, we want him. We need him right now. Boom, here's a scholarship. Right, it's not going to that scholarship is not going to be the same scholarship that gets offered from uh Notre Dame. You know, it's, no, it's I not think if I look at it. On face value, I think. Let me see. I so I know Notre Dame's numbers off the top of my head because we just went through a presentation. A Notre Dame scholarship is worth seventy nine thousand dollars per year. Yes, but you're not paying. Uh, you, you, you no, you're you, not paying you, for that. Right. So, so Notre so Notre Dame Notre Dame one year undergraduate is seventy nine thousand. Howard one year undergraduate twenty seven thousand. Okay, I can I'm, I'm I can only pay. The other thing about HBCUs, HBCUs stretch the money far, right? I had a player that went to Central, right? He had an offer from uh, 
Temple. North Carolina Central had an offer from Temple. Yeah, he got on a fucking partial, right? So, you know, he was in state, you know what I mean? They stretched that money, got down 75 fucking ways. So I think he had to take out maybe a little loan or whatever, or a little parent loan, whatever. I don't, I don't know the specifics of that, but money is a thing. Now, could now one thing I always felt that HBCUs do a poor job with is fundraising. Not all, but some, right? Right. And you know, as a parent, you gotta ask yourself this: you want to go to Southern, but you want Southern to take care of everything, right? Correct. But yeah, but whatever, whatever uh, school would take care of as far as academics and tuition, I would want them to take care of that at Southern. I wouldn't want to sacrifice the the end goal of leaving college debt free by going to Southern if they can't so, pay for it. So you are going to have to depend on where he goes because uh, you're out of state. Even if he goes A and T, you know, even it's 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 the it's it's not necessarily the price of admission it's the price of what can we offer to an out-of-state student because for instance if he if 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 uh the young bull goes to north carolina A&T, i think north, i think A&T is maybe uh 28 30 out of state i think uh you know oh you only gonna get what six with the pail depending on how much you make right and that's just on that's just like I ain't doing hot out here. If I'm doing pretty well, he might I get that much pale. Athletic money might come here. You know, uh, academic money might come here. And then we still might have a little balance. And that, and this, I'm going to keep it a bean, bro. You don't want to pay that balance. If it's going to be a bad, if, if, I'm going to be honest with you. If that situation rings true for a Texas Tech or Notre Dame, if I'm going to have a balance at any of these schools, then it's even. If if one, it, here's the way it goes. With Notre Dame, say you can come to Notre Dame, but your son's gonna have a, a twenty thousand dollar balance every year because we can't cover it all. Whatever the case, I don't know how to work because I ain't had a yeah. deep conversation with the numbers yet. But I'm just for an example, for a flat example. They was like, you gonna have twenty thousand here, and then Southern was like, oh yeah, he he still come and play football. It's gonna be a five thousand dollar balance every year. I'm going to Southern. It's a it's you, a money decision. I, I don't care about the name on the side of the helmet. The goal is the same. So so I hear you, but that but Notre Dame is a different price tag, right? So right. So okay, I'm I'm gonna throw this at you. Boom! I can be a Gamecock for eight. I can be Southern for five. Who do you think is going? Okay, now he if if, if he gets on the field and he plays or if he contribute, he's going to get a scholarship. They're going to pay every goddamn thing. Yeah. You still might have to owe at an HBCU. And, and, and I know some brothers that went to HBCUs and ain't pay a dime. And I know some brothers that went to HBCUs and still had to take out a little, 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 little loan here and there. They may not well, be as guess, much debt, but right. they is some debt. So but, I guess we hoping Dion changed the landscape. Of, of I mean, HBC yeah, because, college athletics, because even because you also think about this, you know, and, and, and again, I am a big HBC pro, uh, proponent. I'm 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 a big HBCU supporter. If he goes to South, if South Carolina say, "Yeah, we want him," he got to pay, but we want him. We want him at camp, blase, blase. You're going to be like eight, 
uh, eight, you know, maybe a little on here. You know, he, you know, he got the finest this, he got the finest that. You're going to think about it. You're really going to think about it long and hard. And, and, and Lord knows he gets on, he doesn't red shirt. Look at that eight is gone. Right. It just eight. It just literally eight. That's it. Eight thousand dollars to go to South Carolina for, 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 for three or four years. I mean, that's that was that was that will that will intrigue you more. It, no matter even if Southern say, yo, it's just gonna be five, at, you know, for right now, and then you know, maybe we can fudge it and move it around. No, nigga, it's it's eight right now. You, you, you're inclined as a parent to look at it like, okay, let me do this. Let me make this. A, it sounds like a more solid investment to go to South Carolina, University of South Carolina, as opposed to going to South Carolina State from Arizona. Yeah. No. It, it, and, and again, that's where, you know, the business decisions come down. At. Obviously, there's a lot more that goes into it because now we're talking about fit with the team. Does he fit what the what either school does, you know, and stuff like that'll balance out the money, right? And then obviously if his goals and aspirations are go to the league, then you know that that's going to be an, another factor in the decision as well. But all I'm saying is HBCUs ain't even in the damn chat. So by the time they come in, like you said, at junior year, the other schools already been putting work in. Why would I think about why would I even think about a Southern or SC State when South Carolina, when uh, Georgia Tech, when uh, NC State has already been beating the doors down. And I, I had a chance to go meet these coaching staffs already throughout visits, unofficial visits, and I've seen what they had to offer. Why am I even going to, to, to take a risk with the HBCU when they come in so late when I've already seen grass on the other side? I'm saying get in now and build a relationship now because relationships, I think people are starting to see relationships matter more than all the flashy shit. Transfer portal's full and it ain't because they ain't like facilities. Transfer portal pool because relationships wasn't built. Kids went to schools based on name instead of fit. So HBCUs can really get out in front and start building relationships first before anybody. That's really what, for me, if I was running a program, Relationships are a premium. So get, in touch, get in contact with these kids first. Let me ask you this. So, I right, do you, as a as a parent of a kid that's getting looked at, correct? Do would you feel any type of way about celebrities? Because it's a lot of celebrities, a lot of Twitter niggas that come out there and say, "We need to do this. We need to do that." HBCU, blah 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 blah. And most of them haven't been to a fucking HBCU. Most of them don't I, fucking know. How, how I do don't feel, feel about that. I don't feel any way about the celebrities because they're doing everything with their platform to try and drudge up interest. I don't see it as them persecuting people for not sending their kids to HBCUs. I think they're trying to change the way we think and say, hey, we need to create this way. I will always put the put the 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 responsibility and the onus on the HBCUs because y'all hear these people saying this. Y'all are on Twitter the same way these P5 coaches and these D1 coaches are on Twitter seeing the social media uh, wave towards black own this, black empowerment. Y'all see it and we still not getting no calls. Y'all 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 rather sit here and fire shots at Dion 
about the way he's handling his recruiting at Jackson State as opposed to picking the phone. Now, I will say Connell Maynard, Connell Maynard was out here in Arizona last month. He offered a kid that ended up ultimately going to U of A. But based on that story, Alabama A&M offered him and then didn't communicate with him. He said, so, he said, I thought about it, but then nobody contacted me. Nobody followed so, up with me. U of A stepped in and then boom, relationships. So, well, okay. So I, I I played for Coach Maynard at Fayetteville State. Um, Coach Maynard, he 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 has they have ties in Arizona. They got a lot of good players out of Arizona. So you know what I mean. I can see him being up in Arizona. You know, but he's in Alabama also. So you know, I can't I can't speak for that, but I can see him. You know, getting real litty up in Arizona. That's just, he, that's, and he no. could. That was, and my my whole thing is they offered the kid, and the kid was excited about the offer. Two yeah. reasons why he didn't go. The biggest reason was fits. He's a he's a he's a linebacker safety hybrid, and at, at, at Alabama A and M, they weren't talking about letting him play safety or secondary. They were talking about moving in the middle linebacker. So he didn't like that. But then he said number two, they offered me, and I never heard from him again. Yeah. Nobody followed up. He said, but as soon as U of A entered the chat, U of A offered, and they was bringing him down, took him around, all this, you know, building a relationship. And that's what ultimately made him make the decision. So, again, fit is important because, like I said, they were going to try and change his position. Maybe he would have ended up not going anyways. But he specifically said they didn't build the relationship. Nobody reached out to me. Nobody talked to me. Nobody let me know what was going on. That offer, he got offered and it sat for like a month and a half. What? And that, that don't what? cost you nothing. That don't cost you nothing to reach out to a, a quick text. Yo, what's you good? What? How you feeling? I wonder what is it about HBCUs and relationships? You know what? I know. I know. I have a feeling. So, my honest opinion is I feel like uh, HBCUs, most HBCU coaches, they are looking for that next opportunity. Like all coaches, you know, they, but, you know, the thing about HBCU coaches, a lot of always, you know, got that next opportunity. I, I had, uh, like I said, I, I played at Fayetteville State. I got a player um, that's at Fayetteville State that I coached. Um, but you know, from the time he commit to the time to right now, they've lost four coaches, you know, and I'm with it. I get it, man. You want a better opportunity. You know what I mean? Right. You want to, you want to pay increase, but you know, such and such the reason I'm here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, such and such is the reason I'm here. But I, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, in that process, one of the things I learned, and it's hard not to do because we're talking relationships are key. Relationships are key. They tell you not to pick a school based on a coach, but based on what the school can do for you. But when recruiting is so personal, it's like nearly damn near impossible to do that. Um, but I, what I tell my son now is he's been through his freshman and sophomore year. I said, if a coach from a D2 reaches out to you, respect him the same way you respect the D1. Number one, because of what you just said, that new coaches at Fayetteville State didn't just leave the industry. They went somewhere else. Yeah. They went somewhere else in football. 
Maybe they fall up. Maybe they go somewhere else. Now you got to advocate at another school for you. Relationships. Relationship. Uh, if a coach is at a D1 and he ends up going down to a with the way things are going and the way the wave is moving, if a coach is at a D1, he ends up going to an HBCU to coach. That's your relationship there. So yeah, at the end of the day, relationships are still the premium because that's what the uh, that's what the basis of the decision is is based on. Well, for me in my process and what I think the most efficient way to do it is is number one is fit. Uh, we're speaking specifically on football. We can talk about oh, academic is a forty year decision. Well, well, get out of here. Every college and university you go to is a forty year decision because you're going to college. You're not going to college to you know what. So, it, for football purposes, it's fit, right? Do I fit what they do? If I go here, do I have a realistic chance of playing and excelling? Number two is, you know, what can this do for me if I have aspirations going on to the next level? Um, those are interchangeable. It depends on how you feel because you can't go to the next level if you're not in the best fit for your skill. Um, and then three, as a parent, if, if that's important to me, is I'm, I'm giving you my son to tear his body up. He's coming here. He's going to be lifting weights three or four days a week with you. He's going to be hitting on Saturdays against some of the biggest people in the world. Are you going to take care of him? And the, the crux of that decision is based on relationship. Can I trust you? During this entire recruiting process, was I able to trust you? Were you honest? Were you open? Did you even try to build a relationship with me as a parent? Those are the three things. Those, that's how I base what we're doing on. And, and, you know, I, I said one, two, three, and put them in that order. But really, number three is the biggest one for me because we're not even talking to schools if they're not trying to build no relationship. I'm not spending no money to come see you. I'm not jumping on no planes, renting no cars, getting no hotels, calling family up, telling them we're coming. To, I'm not doing that if you're not building a relationship. So that, that's what I would tell HBCUs before they try and spend money. Build a relationship. Build a relationship first and then let the parents decide if they want to start spending money. Parents will spend money if they believe in what you're doing. So I agree with that. I also think, uh, so what I've seen with a lot of kids, and again, I'm in North Carolina, you know, I think North Carolina is like literally HBCU grounds like zero, in my opinion. That's just me. Tons of HBCUs are in North Carolina, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like with HBCUs, a lot of times, what gets shit popping for them is their social media present and their fucking alumni, right? Because nobody goes, in my opinion, I feel like nobody goes hard as HBCU alumni, even the PWI alumni. They don't, you know, they don't go as hard as, you know, an, uh, uh, a Hampton alumni. You don't know. Like a Howard That's alumni, a fact. You know what I mean? You agree. So, Their identity is connected to the school. It's an HBCU. I'm a black yes. college educated business owner. I'm a black college educated business professional. Yes. My identity is tied to my school. I'm repping that. Diddy goes hard yes. for Howard, does he not? Who? Uh, Diddy. Yeah, Diddy didn't graduate. He went to Howard. He didn't graduate from Howard. But, like, in my opinion, like, I feel like, in, in hell, even if you don't even get the fucking five star. You know, eh, if you get a five star, great. If you don't get a five star, that's great too. But I think it's we have to do HBC have to do a better job of marketing 
their school, marketing their strengths. We all, every HBCU has a fucking problem. It, I, I'm gonna tell you the problem with HBCUs. 90% of them are located in the fucking hood. It comes with it. It is what it is. What, whatever. I, I, I know what AT is. AT is literally across from the fucking hood. Fayetteville State is surrounded by the hood. West State is down know. the road from the hood. Every single one's in the fucking hood. That's not isolated to HBC. Have uh, you, you? I don't know if you ever been to Cali. Have you ever been to University of Southern California's campus? Nah, nah. That shit is in the hood, bro. That shit is in the hood. NYU up there. Uh, well, uh, you know uh, what? Columbia, Columbia. South Carolina, Texas. University of South Carolina, technically on the road from the hood. <laughs> you see, you feel me? Like uh, Columbia University, Columbia University in in uh, in New York in Manhattan is damn near a stone's throw from Harlem. So, I, or do we identify with the hood more being black individuals? I don't want to. That's a sticky conversation. I don't want to, you know, make people feel like all black people are hood or anything. But it's it's some PWIs that's in in the damn hood too. You walk across the street from USC in the wrong direction, and you getting blood and cuz up and down. USC to, and to figure out which one. You far from each other. You know, that's something a lot of people don't <laughs> fucking know. Literally, yeah. like about eight miles, like uh, about um, a couple of miles. But yeah, now, nah, but yeah, I, I agree with your point. The HBCU alumnus definitely go hard because their identity is tied to what the most most people that choose HBCUs make that decision. It's either because it's in their family, or they're making a conscious decision to say, I want to go to an HBCU because I want this experience for my college Yo, education. Let me, let me paint this picture for you, and, and then we're going to kind of switch gears. This is what I would make a recruiting visit for the HBCU of life. Right? Boom. Whether you're a five-star, you're local nigga doing your thing. I'm bringing in 30 kids, right? We, we Like, boom. I'm playing somebody. It's going to be a fucking night game, Right? I get you here. I got people set up. We're going to give you a tour of the campus. But when we give you a tour of the campus, we're going to have black business venture, uh, uh, black business owners, vendors on fucking campus. So we might have niggas selling t-shirts. We might have niggas selling hair. We're going to have everything got this going like a fucking carnival in there, right? All this is before the game, right? We're gonna show you. Yeah. We're gonna show you the standard shit: cafeteria, uh, dorm, just standard shit. You know, this is what we got, right? Boom. But before we get to that fucking goddamn, uh, I get you seated. We're gonna have some black business owners out there. We're gonna have some fucking food trucks out there, bitch. We're gonna put you in a jersey. We're gonna put you in. We're gonna put you in our fucking flyers jersey. We're gonna have our backdrop. You know, we're gonna put you in that fucking stadium. We're gonna have a fucking goddamn. Uh, player come out there, dap you up, chop it up for you real quick. We're going to have the band playing. We're going to have the fucking environment like jumping. Like it's got to be HBC. Like it's got to be a, a, a Greek night or something. It's got to look jumping as fuck up in there. Have the local DJ or whatever alumni. This fucking week right here. It's, it ain't homecoming, but it's got to be the, it's got to be on a homecoming right. it's level. Right. And I'm putting them in that and like, this is what the fuck we got. Boom. And I'm just saying, this is what, this is us. This is what the fuck we trying to do. You know. This, I'm going to make it even simpler. This is, how, this is how I would make it simpler now. 
of using all the shit that's changing around college football right now. You don't even got to do all that. We don't got to go through the pomp and circumstance. You don't got to bring the kid and their family in there, whether it's a basketball player, volleyball, softball, football. I don't care who. Bring the family in there. Sit them down with those same business professionals and talk to them about name, image, likeness. What we can do for you right now with name, image, likeness. How you can have the lion's share of this HBCU market with your name, image, and likeness. Yeah, you might want to go to Tennessee to get the whole Rocky Top experience. But if you come to Tennessee State, name, image, likeness, we're going to help you get the bag. And you don't got to split it a thousand ways with all these four-star, five-stars. You the biggest fish in the pond. Name, image, likeness. That's all I would be doing with HBCUs right now. Talking about how you can come here and make money with us. That 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 that's so. I guess my other question is, how would you get name, image, likeness at an HBCU? Man, listen, you gotta do master P moves. You gotta you gotta you know sell the grits. You know sell the cereal. <laughs> yeah, sell right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a starting point. That's where you got to start. But those are the moves, right? Everybody, you know, to not to, you know, bring Master P in it because I don't really, you know, I respect him as a businessman. He just not a, he not. Uh, that's another conversation for another podcast. But um, yeah, those are the moves you got to make. Those are the moves. Uh, tapping your players in, local businesses, business alumni, um, using the players to help sell business product whatever the case is whatever your hbcu is known for like for me i went to ball state university and the, the creator and founder of papa john's with his racist ads went there as well but you can link the kids up with with whatever papa john's has to offer name image like maybe they face go on a box you know what i'm saying maybe maybe you you create cutouts to them and they use them in the store for promotional purposes name it that's all I would be thinking about if I was HBCU, just in general, how do we attract money? How do we bring money here? How do we get people to invest in us? Name, image, likeness. That's that's you know what you know what that's this is a this is a deeper conversation I thought we would would get to. Uh, let, let, let's switch gears, man. You know we we gotta hit some of these NFL topics, man. We've been bullshitting about. Um, you know what, yo, you never. What happened to Herm, man? Did Herm get fired? Herm did not get fired, but uh, so what that leads us to believe is that Herm won't be fired. There's going to be some heavy-handed penalties. I've already heard of other. Uh, I've already heard of other schools counter-recruiting, saying, "Why would you go to ASU? They're not going to have no bowl game." So I don't know what. So they on that Tennessee is. shit. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think the staff is going to get fired. When it first came out, you know, overreaction was, yeah, Herman them is getting fried, but they still here. Kids are still coming out here on officials. They still doing their thing like nothing changed. Um, but um, yeah, I've heard other kids go on visits with other coaches, and uh, they they've let them know, hey, you know, it, it's a dark cloud forming over ASU. So you, know, you think? Uh... NCAA ain't laying the hammer down because of the the they kind of preoccupied right now. Absolutely, I think I think it's the perfect storm for it. They still gonna get hit. They still gonna get hit, but they not they kind of though. Nah, they they kind of busy trying to figure out how they can keep money in their pockets because their pockets is bleeding right now. That uh, 
And then, and then you can't really – the only way you can really lay the hammer down ASU is if they're, they're on some fucking uh, 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 SMU shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> on some fucking well, – As far as I the understood Lambo, – The Lambo outside of the fucking stadium. Here you go, sir. I don't think it was anything like that. Like nobody was getting no crazy wild benefits. But what they did do is during the dead period – when nobody was supposed to be coming up to the school, ASU was out there being like, fuck the dead period. Y'all want to come? All right, cool. Everybody's coming through. Come meet Herm. Come tour the facilities. Come be a part of what we're doing. So if you look at, you know, if you look at the the class, the 2019-2020 class, they got some solid four-star players that would have gone elsewhere. But Antonio Pierce and Herm made a believe in ASU. They picked up some – so I think they had like a top 10 recruiting class in the country, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know because it's not right in front of me, but um, they – riding that wave of momentum, COVID really hurt them in their season. But um, riding that wave of momentum, they were still trying to bring them in the way they brought them in the year before. So they still hosting kids, bringing families in, people not having COVID tests, bringing them around the team. And if you remember – ASU had a big COVID outbreak where coaches got sick and then they had to shut down. I think they missed like three games due to COVID. So, you know, the way they was operating put people at risk and jeopardy. And I think that's really where the the real uproar is. It's like, yo, y'all put people's lives at risk because y'all was out here acting wild. So um, they're going to they gonna smack them, but I don't think Herm's going to lose his job because, you know, the NCAA got to figure out how they're going to beat the Supreme Court at this point. No, that's that shit's cooked. It, that 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 shit is it's over. Like that, the conservatives fucked them. The conservatives fucked them. They was they you know what's crazy? Off. The judge who made that statement. You know, you remember who that nigga was, right? No, who was it? That Brett Kavanaugh. Remember, they was uh, the, the, oh, the Democrats shit. was trying their best to block him from getting in because yeah. he had the wild, crazy, blackout, drunk, rape parties, and they said he was a predator and they didn't want to let him in. And then he makes a statement that benefits a vast majority of college af- athletes in football and basketball are minorities. So he makes so it's crazy to me. I'm looking. That's where my mind was. Like they, we didn't really want to be in office made a statement that's going to be the biggest shift for our kids. Is is oh, oh bro if if I'm Mark Mark Emmett is drinking has been drinking nonstop stops and see Oh that man then he done jumped in the canal uh with Pat McAfee and swam up and down the Indianapolis Canal around that yes. around a little headquarters. He is stressed the fuck out. You got you got so many and here's the thing I don't even think uh the the vendors like the the sponsorships are stressed out. Cause they're like, you know, we good, we good either way, nigga. We just gonna find the hot boy and link the and chill with him. You know, find the bad bitch and then connect with her. Whatever. It's the NCAA has just been fucking, fucking, literally had players in a cash money deal, right? And saying, is and, and blinding people by saying, yo, this is amateurism. Uh. They're getting a free education. Do you know how much a free education is? Oh god! And then, and then you got people like Paul Feinbaum saying the NCAA is over. The NCAA isn't fucking over. It's just kids can get paid. I, I always feel right. like you can walk and chew gum, bro. Like you know, some teams like if you pay players, niggas is still gonna go to the best opportunity. Same ain't going no fucking where. 
Dabo, Ohio State niggas is still going to do the fuck them. It, it doesn't fucking matter in my opinion. Yeah, it's uh, I don't think I don't think it's gonna go away because I mean, what is what is college football? It's a billion dollar a year industry, right? Literally, bro. You, yeah, bro, industries bro, like bro, that bro. don't collapse. Remember, uh, remember, uh, how this shit? Remember, remember last year we didn't thought it was gonna be sports last year, and then the SEC said, "Man, listen, we gotta get this motherfucking money," and then the. The fucking um the Big Twelve says shit. Then, they, they, then everybody thought the ACC was gonna bitch out ACC shit. We fucking here too. What what the fuck you trying to do? <laughs> and the big then, it, then when it came down to it, the Big Ten got on this more high ground, and then they saw everybody outside playing and making money. They just magically put together a football season too. Like it is what it is, man. It like you payers can get money, and you can get you like you're gonna fork in even more money. I just did a quick look at NCA, just college football revenue from 2019, and college football did 18.9 billion dollars in revenue in just 2019. Just football alone. That, that that's that's so. Let's talk about football. Let's talk about the average. Let's say the average. Uh, what am I trying to say? So $18.9 billion is what the NCAA athletics brought in in one year. This is all athletics. For football, let's say the average tuition is $50,000. Most players go four years, five years maybe. Let's, we'll just use four years. That's what, 200000 And then you yeah. times that by 85, because that's 85 scholarships that each school is, is able to Utilize unless you get an ASU and they reduce your scholarships. Um, we're talking about two million, like a little over two million, to pay players a year. And let's let's it's it's one hundred and twenty eight, one hundred twenty nine FBS programs. We'll just say one twenty eight. So I'm doing math on my calculator right now. So that's two hundred thousand times eighty five. 200,000 times 85 is 17 million. 17 million dollars what it what it would cost the athletics program to run for a year, right? Then you times that by 128. You're looking at 2 billion 176 million dollars a year to run the entire FBS program of college football. Right? They make 18 almost 19 billion dollars a year through all athletics. And the only th- and think about it, the only what are the athletic uh, programs that turn revenue? It's just football and basketball, right? Them is the only two that that are revenue that bring it a big bank, yeah, yeah. Football. So the football and basketball programs are the football and basketball programs are bringing in nineteen million dollars a year through all college athletics, and it only costs you two billion if you wanted to pay the players their their scholarships. What are we talking about? Is it, is what are we talking any, about? Any money that comes outside of that, like the NCAA doesn't want to have, even though they're still making theirs. Like nothing is stopping you. Like it, 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 it's, it's just wild to me, man. And, and I always, fit, always felt like, you know, um, 
they always had to figure out how to pay everybody. But everybody ain't bringing in the fucking bread. Everybody not bringing a change like that. Everybody not bringing in. I'm, 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 listen, women's basketball is booming. All right, women's basketball deserve a cut, okay? Depending on where you at with track, they deserve a cut. Some people are into softball, some people are into baseball. But the golf niggas ain't going to get it. The lacrosse niggas might not get it. They're not going to get the same check as the, as the women's basketball team. It's just, it, it's just not going to happen. It is what it is. Shit happens. Boss the fuck yeah, up. it's still a business, right? You still gotta, it's still gotta be proportionate to your contribution to the yes. pie. So football and basketball gotta see the larger portion of that pie. Yes. The other, I don't think I don't think any of the other kids should get paid. Like you said, golf ain't generating revenue for the for the for the school, the things that's making the money is the ones that's not getting paid. Why would the other kids get paid when football and basketball? I, I, I think Clemson got rid of their track team. Guess what? Guess why? You know why? Because football need a little bit more oomph. They got to <laughs> back in here, bro. It's that fuck track field. Dabble, you need what? God damn it. Fine, eight million. Shit. Sorry. Sorry, track and field. Sorry, cross country. You just, you know. Hey, Shit but happens. you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, you know, if if those kids just couldn't do track and field anymore and their outlet was cut off, I would feel bad. Well, there's a school right down the road. There's a school right north of you. There's a school to the west of you that you can go to and run track. If you really, so now that factors into the recruiting. It's like, do you really want, a football player, do you really want to go to Clemson? Yeah, you can go to the league, but you're really a track star. Do you really, you, you don't, you can't run track there. So we got football and track. It, school's got to, you know, school's got to boss up. That money ain't going nowhere. It's just going to another school. I, I agree. Oh, man, shit, man. We got, we've been, we've been on incident as long as I thought it was. Oh, let's, yo, this brings some Let's, say, let's quick hit. Yeah, let's quick hit these. And, well, and, this one, go, and, this one gonna be a little longer. Other ones will be a little quicker. Um, okay. Wing T, I was chomping at the bit to talk about this one. All right. Wing, um, I don't know. Some nigga got on Twitter and said, "Coaches, if you want to help your player, don't run the wing to the wishbone." And I thought to myself, "Nigga, shut the fuck up." Shut the fuck up. They, they, I, when, I, when I went on this visit to NC State, bro, and I took this nigga there, and this nigga did not have the best camp, you know what the coach from NC State said? He didn't what give a that? fuck. He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> I still want him. I don't give a fuck. It, it, it's low. If, if the D1 coaches like you, they fucking like you. It is what it is. It, it You know, it, the, you can sit back there and run the spread and, this, that, and the third. If they don't like your ass, you don't like your ass. There's no such thing as, or I can't say no such thing as not showcasing your player. It's just whether you got it or not. Point blank. That's period. a fact. That's, that's, a, a, that's, a, that's a fucking fact. Either you got it, you don't. You look the part, you don't. You got the measurables, you don't. That's all they, That's all these fucking D1 schools care about. That same, that same tweet, I don't know if it was a tweet or if it was a Facebook, whatever it was. I happened to be at a camp. And one of the parents brought it up to the uh, Northern Arizona U- University receiver coach, Coach Taylor. And Coach Taylor flatly said, we just recruited a kid from Nevada who ran the wing tee. We saw him at a camp. He was one of the best receivers there. 
We went to his school and watched his film. He caught four passes all season. We still offered him. Why? Because we can tell. That's <laughs> like it. These, they, they not just – football coaches are not football fans that need to see success in order to determine if a player is good. They don't need right? stats, That's their bro. fucking they don't need job. Fucking stats. It's their job to look at players and make an assessment and say, yo, I see something that I like in this kid. I see something in this kid that I see in a professional player, and I want that on my team. I, I see that. something in our system that we do that he can do well for me, and I want that. It's not, oh, well, he only caught four passes, and it was 99 yards, and they only threw the ball 20 times in his offense. So, obviously, he's not a good receiver because his high school didn't show. Hell no. Hell no. Like, if you're trying to sell the sport of football, yeah, get the wing tee the fuck out of here. Nobody wants to watch it that i mean football players hate playing against it um but but it it, for college coaches and and that it has it has no bearing on what a coach is going to evaluate you at now as far as you know scouts coming to watch the school maybe yeah it affects that we not coming to see here's the thing you gotta be winning exactly you gotta be so so Here's so I don't know I don't know how broad this podcast is gonna go. You know, uh, I I went to Crestwood, right? You were at Crestwood. Crestwood ran the wing fucking T, right? We did not throw the ball that much, right? We threw the ball maybe four times a game, maybe five, right? Um, a lot of times, uh, people didn't get recruited uh, on the offensively as opposed to defensively. You know what I mean? I always felt right. like defensively we put more players in school than offensively. You know what I mean? We have right. a lot of running backs, a lot of linemen, you know, a couple. But but here's the thing with that. You know, with this D1 process, because I talked to my good friend, you know, uh, today, um, you got to have the size, you got to have the grades, and a motherfucker just got to want you. But if you're winning – but. You know, and, and against a lot of other different things that went into what happened at Crestwood outside of players' control, and some have to do with players. But at the end of the day, if you win it, if you, if you racking off eight one seasons, motherfuckers gonna see what's up with that. What's going on? And how the fuck you win eight wins? I, I want to know who, who the guy's gonna win eight wins. Somebody's gonna come all at you, mm-hmm. as opposed to you having the fucking air raid with four fucking wins. I will take it a step further and go back to our original conversation about HBCUs. It's relationships. Does your head coach have enough cachet with y'all running the wing tee where he can reach out to the coach and say, coach, I know we not sexy, but I got this sexy player for you. You need to check him out. And they come take it. They come give him a look off the strength of your coach. Even if you're not winning, if you're winning, it makes it easier for your coach to be like, yo, come look at him. But even if you're not winning, does your coach have a relationship? with enough people enough to get you somewhere. That's what, to me, man, relationships is key. I, that's why I don't really, you know, you can run the wing tee if you want, you know, everybody going with the spread, which, you know, spread it, to me is just the formation. It ain't really offense, but that's another conversation this, for another day. The spread, you know what it is? <laughs> this is the thing with the spread offense, in my opinion. This is just me talking. The thing with the spread um, is it's – like you know it is it looks so sexy 
but it's so much shit that goes into running the fucking spread, you know, offense. It's so much. You got to have niggas that can block. And I don't want to get too football-y here. You got niggas that can, that's got, you got niggas that's got to be able to sometimes, depending on how you run and block out of a two-point stance, right? You got to have mm-hmm. motherfuckers that, that, that know how to run RPOs. You got receivers that might have options. Receivers right? got to be smart as shit. You got to think a little bit in the fucking, you got to run outside zone. You got to run, you, like, you got to have a little bit of fucking brain. Everybody care. Listen, a lot of these fucking kids don't understand football. They Most just don't, don't understand fucking football. Not at all. And sometimes as a coach, you're just trying to win some motherfucking games and, you know, let them niggas figure it the fuck. Let, let, let the niggas that make goddamn 90K or 100K figure it the fuck out. So, I, I, I you know, I are, are there some kids, are there some coaches ruining kids' lives? Absolutely. But let's not act like the wing T is just the end all be all for this. I, I, I don't. I'm gonna right. take it a step further from a parental perspective. If you got a wide receiver, and you know the school in your area runs the wing T, and you hell bent on him being D one this, D one that, and I want to showcase, don't wait till he gets to high school to make a decision about where, you know, where you want him to go to school at. Motherfucker, make that decision seventh and eighth grade. You know that school run a wing T. Or if you don't, you better know. And if you want to, if you want a receiver that's getting numbers, you might need to think about looking at another school. Like, come on, fam. We we not just gonna make the these coaches ain't getting paid to coach football. They fucking teachers. They getting stipends to coach football. They getting three thousand dollars to deal with your bratty ass kid from all year round, basically. So we. Parents, you gotta do your homework. You can't be caught with your pants you, down. You, that that is that is the damn truth. A lot of parents do not do their damn homework, bro. You gotta know what the fuck you get yourself into. Don't don't come up in there just because you ain't been paying attention. You're like, yo, we we need to do some more dropbacks, nigga. We run the ball sixty times a fucking game. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's, That's a fact. This because yeah. you know, I I I hate that shit, bro. As, as a man, former, you. You as if you're as invested in the football of your kid as your mouth likes to say you are, you wouldn't put him in a position to where he's not going to be able to show. Like for me, for example, I chose my son's high school number one because you got three star, four star, and uh, maybe potentially after this season, a five star receiver that's going to be there. My son is a defensive back. Who do I want him practicing against every single day? Who is he going to be practicing against when he goes to college? Three-star, four-star, five-star receivers. I want him getting that work every single day. And and the listeners may not know, but Julius Wright was a part of that decision-making process for my son and the school we decided to ultimately end up going to. That was a conversation we had. Put him with the wolves. Put him with the fucking wolves, man. Put him with the fucking wolves. (laughs) Put him with the wolves. (laughs) The shit don't fucking hurt, man. You, You either got it or you don't. But we could, and and the other the, the other key pieces. I knew that my son's high school at all times on the field is in nickel. They have five defensive backs on the field at all times. You know what that means? That means if my son goes here, he has an extremely high chance of getting on the field because he's a defensive back. They play with five of those motherfuckers every single play. He's in there. Boom. If if <laughs> if I wanted my son to run. 
let's just say I wanted my son to be a uh, – he had the size. If I wanted him to be a, a defensive lineman and I wanted him to be a, a defensive end with his hand in the dirt, I would not send my son to this school. For, we Our base is a 3-3-5 defense. Line, the, the defensive lineman is standing up. Our defensive ends are outside linebackers. I would not send my son to this school. But you have to understand football to know that that might not be a fit. Or maybe your son's dog enough and we switch it to a 4-2-5 and he gets to put his hand in it at that point. But these are the things parents got to know. You can't get caught with your hand, with your pants down because you're going to end up fucking your son. You're going to fuck his, his, his career up more than the coach is. That's just point blank also, period. Also, I think another thing parents need to know is, uh, especially when it pertains to recruiting, why, why, why your son maybe was the best Pop Warner quarterback, colleges don't give a fuck what that nigga is. They gonna make him whatever the fuck they want him to be. That's so if you, if you want your kid, if your kid was quarterback in middle school and, a, and, and they don't make a quarterback and then the colleges say, well, you know, hey, man, you know, that, nigga's, that nigga's fucking safety. It is what it is. Let it go. Do the shit. Do the shit on your weekends. Yeah, uh, and I would say it, it is what it is, and you can either accept that or you can grind it out and try and find that fit. Again, we going back to what we were talking about earlier. The fit. Maybe your son doesn't fit at quarterback at this particular situation. Maybe it's another situation over there. Maybe it's a step down. Maybe it's a it's a D two or a D three. And they need him at quarterback because they like what he does. You got to adjust your goal. You can't just force feed him like, oh, my son's a D1 quarterback. Now, your son's a D1 tight end. <laughs> he ain't no D1 quarterback. So yeah. now you got to make a decision. That's, that's damn true. All right, man. Let me, let me put, boy. We, we, this is no conversation, man. All right. Let, let me, I got three, three things. All right. Boom. Le'Veon Bell. We didn't get a chance to address that. Is Le'Veon being a hoe? Me personally, I don't think so because it's his career. He can feel how he want to feel about it. If he felt like again, we going back to man, this this show really has a lot of things. Fit. Le'Veon Bell just went to KC because that was a spot. He ain't really fit what they do in KC. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, he can receive, but he's not getting the touches like he was getting in Pittsburgh. So in that sense, he's right. They kind of did hurt his. But he, but he went to KC, though. KC don't he run made, the ball like that. Again, he made that decision. So he's got to accept that. But he also can say, hey, this is where my value is the highest at when the ball is in my hand. They didn't do that in KC. So, yeah, this hurt me. It's not, it's not really Andy Reid's fault because at the end of the day, you made the decision to sign a free agency contract there. Yeah, I don't think he didn't get traded there, right? He, he picked them, right? They, uh, I think the Jets uh, released them. Okay, and yeah, and then he got picked up. He 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 decided to sign that contract. So it's it's a yes and it's a no. I don't think he's being a hole because all players' value is tapped into their production, right? And the last time we saw Le'Veon Bell in a situation that fit him, he's the most productive football player in the history of football, I believe. So he's got a right to be like, yo, this is not who I am. That situation hurt me. It didn't help me because now I can't go get another bag. Cause I don't have the production. I look like well, I think the bag, the, the bag. Like I think we're so far from the bag. I think like, I think you go. You 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 threw shots at Andy fucking Reed. Nobody throws shots at Andy Reed like that. You kind of went against <laughs> the grain. You went against hey, the grain. 
if, if it's all right for Kwame Brown to, to call niggas bitches and hoes because they said he sucked, it's all right for Le'Veon Bell to to throw shots to Andy Reid because he feels some type of way. I'm not going to be mad at Le'Veon Bell because y'all told me not to be mad at Kwame Brown. So, But but Kwame Brown's out the league. His time playing basketball is done. That's Le'Veon true. Bell is trying to find another job. <laughs> And it's almost July and training camps around the corner, nigga. So, like, you're going to have to take this goddamn 900K and get down a lay down. But you don't love to have him back. The, 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 the Don Andy Reid. Pittsburgh love to have him back. I don't think so, man. I, don't, I think man, they that want was, that production. They got that nigga back. They want that production on the field. I think I think it's some ego going on there too, between both of the between both camps. I I think Le'Veon is about a is a couple. It's, it's almost washed. He's not washed yet. He's almost washed. Yeah, and that's fair. That that would be my only point is to say that he's not that he's washed because he wasn't productive. He's he wasn't productive because he couldn't get it done on the field. He wasn't productive because he was in a system that didn't need him. We don't need you to we don't need you to be the Le'Veon Bell you was at at in Pittsburgh. And God knows the Jets wasn't gonna do anything with him anyway. So whatever happened up there happened up there. You can't blame that on him at all. So uh, I, 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 I don't think. Wait, you think you think he's a hoe? I, all right, so you think he got some hoe tendencies? Yeah, yeah. I, I think. All right, yeah. I think. Hey, hey listen, man. I, I was the main one talking shit for Le'Veon against the whites in the shop. You know what I mean? So you know, I hope they don't listen to this shit. You were right, whites. You were right. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know. He left Pittsburgh, right? An ideal situation, right? Because of the money, right? So you left the you you got the money. You wanted the money, right? Your decision was based primarily on money, not winning. You went, you picked the Jets. You probably had some off options out there, right? You you it, because at the end of the day, if you go somewhere and you produce and you do the same thing, I said to you, I'm still living on fucking bell, you will get another fucking bag, right? And, and a dismal running back market. So you went to the Jets, right? Not the best decision at all. Adam Gates comes along. Not the best decision at all, right? You went to a situation where they just fired the goddamn tire bowls, right? You just lost up in there. You were there for, what, two, three years. Shit didn't go right. You got out, right? And then you decided to go to the Kansas City Chiefs who don't run the ball, right? You could have tried to get your ass down there with fucking Brady, you could have maybe went to New Orleans. You could have had a lot of places where they put the ball in a running back's hand, and you could have got with a good, with a decent offensive line, and you could have got down, increased your value because you just all you had to do is go down there, and shut the fuck up, and got there, produce a little bit. You know what I mean? Show show a little flash, right? He ain't did none of that shit. Like you, you made the bad decisions. You didn't produce, and now you throwing shots at Andy fucking Reed. You don't throw nobody throws shots at Andy fucking Reed. McNabb ain't shit on Reed. Uh, Alex Smith ain't shit on Reed. Niggas don't niggas don't say anything bad. I don't about think. Him. I don't think T.O. said anything about Andy Reed. And Andy Reed, T.O. ain't said shit about Andy Reed. Nobody has a problem with Andy fucking Reed. If you, it's, it, Andy Reed is just one of the niggas you don't throw a shot. At. If you throw, if you say Belichick ain't shit, 
eh, I can see it. Eh, I, if you want to throw a little jab at Sean Page, sure. But everybody likes Andy Reid. That was a whole move, bro. That was you. You you can't put anything, everything that went wrong with you and why nobody's picking up your phone on Andy fucking Reid. Nigga, you made two bad decisions and you ain't produced. It's a, it's literally, this was a fire running back class. Each fucking yeah. year is younger and younger running backs coming. Like, like, like the first five or six running back off the boards, there are potential franchise back. ETN, the two running backs from fucking UNC. But, you know, it, it, it's a lot of backs out here. I think uh, uh, Harris, Bama, like, nigga, why I got to go get 32-year-old young Bill? I get one of these young niggas. I can give him 20 fucking million for four fucking years. What the fuck? Yeah. That's all I'm yeah. saying, bro. I think he'd be a little bit of a hoe. I I won't I won't say I won't call him a hoe. I will say I understand it. I understand both sides, but I also understand Le'Veon. Now I'm always about going to get the money, man. I'm not never mad at nobody for going to get the money, and I'm not never mad at nobody for wanting more money. You so I, I supported Le'Veon sitting out for trying to get the money, right? I I I, I was his biggest supporter, right? Took a lot of flack, right, for that decision. But when you sound with the Jets, I'm kind of like, huh. I don't know, bro. I don't know about this one, buddy. Right? And, and here's the other thing. The contract, it was a little bit more guaranteed than what the Steelers were offering. So, essentially, you could have, you literally could have stayed a Steeler. Because I'll tell you one thing about the Steelers. If you stay with them and you produce, they loyal to you forever. Look at Ben. Look at yeah. fucking Ben. Look, look, look a, a lot of times, if you just stay a Steeler, they just hold your ass the fuck down. So, I think Le'Veon's a little bit of hope. That's just me. Um, next, next day, man, rapid fire, rapid fire. We'll get up out of here. So, Noodle Arm was pissed off. And he said, you picked that motherfucker, right? What motherfucker was he talking about? I got to think. Uh, okay, let me hear what you got first. All right. I thought he was talking about either Trubisky or he was talking about Carr. No, we on the no, same page. No, 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 no. Trubisky, or he was talking about uh, Tyrod. No, I I thought it was either Trubisky or Dave uh, or or Derek uh, Carr. That that was my two. That that's immediately where my mind went to was Trubisky or Derek Carr. I heard some people say Drew Brees. I don't think Tom Brady would disrespect Drew Brees like that. So, um, oh, I yeah, I he think would disrespect. I, I believe he would violate the fuck out of Drew. I don't think he would violate Drew Brees like that. They they've been going back and forth and you know, like championships, yeah. Championships, he'd be like Drew Brees shouldn't even be in the conference. But as far as like what the motherfucker does in the regular season, I don't think Tom Brady would violate him like that. So I don't think Sean um, Payton would violate Drew Brees like that. I don't think Sean Payton would would have went there to get Brady over a Drew. I don't think Payton would have done that. I he wouldn't even brought him in the building. I absolutely believe the Saints front office was like, yo, what's up? What's good? In my personal opinion, I felt it was the Chargers and I felt it was um, the uh, the Bears. 1,000%. He was talking about Trubisky and he was talking about Tyrod. 
he didn't give a fuck. Brady didn't give a fuck who the pick was. So it's like, I'm trying to come in. What you trying to do? In my humble opinion. Who, who did you think it was? I, 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 thought, I thought it was Trubisky and I thought it was Carr. Um, a dark horse that it could have potentially been. Maybe Denver. But I think I think either uh, yeah I think it was I think it was Trubisky or Carr. Why Carr? You, you think he want to go to Las Vegas? Yeah, I think I think that them sticking. You know, everybody been trying to take Derek Carr's job from him for like the last three years. So I don't know if Brady and Gruden would be a hit, but I think Brady anywhere is a hit. And I you think, think Brady would have stunned John Gruden. <laughs> I think Tom Brady would have humbled the shit out of John Gruden. And I think John Gruden would have laid the fuck down and took it. In my opinion. Or, or you know something? I think Gruden wanted Brady. I think the owner did not want Brady because he know Brady would want A.B. back. And I don't think them niggas wanted A.B. back. Yeah. I think that was well uh, known that, yo, I need A.B. with me. And I think Tampa Bay was just like, we don't give a fuck. Whatever. I'm with it. We here. Nah, I think Arians got that memo late. Because at first man. he was like, I don't, I don't want A.B. He, we don't need him. And then next thing you know, A.B. AB pulled up. So, last topic, man. Last topic, man. We get up out here. So, this isn't the full, you know, spectrum, right? This isn't a full list, right? Oh, let me see if I can find this shit. Chris Sims. Controversial Chris Sims, right? Top in his top QBs, right? I'm going to find this bullshit. I'm going to send it to you. No, I got it. I got it pulled up. Okay. All right, follow me, all right? Where do you see the biggest issue? Let's just start from the top 10. Where is the Uh, flagrant nastiness? It's Brady at 10. Brady at 10 is, it's, listen, I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan. Brady at fucking 10? (laughs) Stafford? Yeah, I was gonna say I'm not I, when I first saw it and I seen Dak and Lamar was five and six. I'm like, you know what? I'm not mad because one, two, three, four has got to be Brady. One's got to be Brady. Two's got to be Mahomes. Three's got to be Rogers. Four's got to be uh, shit. I don't know who four would be, but then I was like Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson. Right? I'm cool with that. But then I seen Brady was at ten. I was like, so who the fuck is one, two, three, and four? It's dog. Josh Allen's <laughs> number fucking two. That is the oh, sickest you know I've ever seen. I, I even for even for all my hate of Josh Allen, because normally on the normal sucks. If they would have had Brady number one, then Josh Allen being number two would be fucking egregious. But Brady being at ten was on the was on the the radar number one and then one a is josh allen no as numbers one a like it, mm-hmm. listen josh allen's not that guy 
Josh Allen's not that guy. You think he's the second best? No, I don't think Josh Allen. I think I think I think I don't think number whole I don't think Mahomes is number one. I think Aaron Rodgers is number one. No. Aaron Rodgers is number one, right? He's the fucking MVP. He's literally MVP. Aaron Rodgers is number one, right? Number two is Pat Mahomes, right? Number three is Tom Brady. And then number four, if you want to go between Nasty Boy Watson and Russ and Josh Allen, have at it. You can have that, in my humble opinion. Man, I'm gonna put Josh Allen somewhere where Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow is. I, I so I wouldn't do Josh Allen. I wouldn't do Josh Allen like that. I'm I doing him like that. How high? How high did? How high was Cam ever ranked in the top quarterback conversation? Oh, uh, only after his MVP season. That's right. It. How high? How high was he ranked though? Even with Cam having uh, the MVP, he was number, he he was never one. regarded. He, he was he was number one after the MVP season. On the NFL as a quarterback? players, as a player, hey, uh, yeah, the best player in football. Quarterback, I don't know. I think I think he ain't never been top five. five. He's, he's top never. Five. They never gave him top five. They never now gave him top season, five quarterback. Top five at the Super season. Man, they still said Tom Brady, Drew Brees, uh, at that time, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, you probably might have still thrown Peyton in there at that time because well, know, Peyton, after the Super Bowl, you had Peyton retired. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just saying, even even with Cam ascending, I don't think Cam ever cracked no top five. And so, Josh Allen ain't impressed me more than Cam so Newton did. Allen, Josh Allen is not a top five quarterback. Okay, Josh Allen ain't he's top not a top five quarterback. I, I look at this list. I can't say that. Well, you know what? I, I'm, I'm you want, this you want Justin Josh Herbert Allen. or you want Josh Allen? You want Justin Herbert or you want Josh Allen? I want Josh Allen. Over Herbert, I don't, I don't know how good Herbert is. He's he's like that. He's like Justin that Herbert's like that. Is he like Justin that Herbert's too? like that? Jo- like Josh that Allen was at listen. Josh Allen was at years one, two, and three. He just popped off at the at the set. Like, well, this is year three going into year four. Josh Allen was asked the first I, two years, and he so, had one good season. Now he's like that. But Justin Herbert had his first season was good, and we don't know if he's like that. But Josh Allen is like that after one season. But can you do no 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 let me say this can Josh Justin Allen Herbert and Justin Herbert have the same amount of good seasons under their belt. Oh, that is a fair argument. What I'm saying is, can Justin Herbert do it again? If Justin Herbert can do the same stats again and increase the win total, I will put him over Josh Allen easily. One thing nothing about it. I per- listen, I'm not the biggest Josh Allen fan, okay. But Josh Allen's in the top tier. Josh Allen right next to Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Ryan Tannehill's going to be in the top 10 this year. He's going to be in the top 10 this year. There's no way Ryan Tannehill. Only way Ryan Tannehill does not get in the top 10 if he fucks it up. He's going to do You know how this thing is. Ryan Tannehill responsible for. Is Ryan Tannehill responsible for the Titans' success? He's going to get the credit for it. Yeah, he's gonna get all these guys gonna get the credit for the so team success. He, but is he, Ryan Tannehill when you think of the when you think of the Titans? When I you think, think of Ryan Titans, Tannehill I think first, of Derek Henry. I think of Derek Henry. But 
four. I but I firmly believe Derrick Henry can get you eight wins. Ryan Tannehill will get you two more. It's going to be one game when Derrick Henry just ain't. It just when niggas just it, you know it happens for every running back. You got to have somebody to. Get, I don't feel like Brian Ryan Tannehill is twelve win ten win quarterback. No, I feel like Ryan Tannehill is my guy doing this. He ain't got it today. I can make enough plays to get two more wins, and now we got ten wins. That's what I feel like Ryan Tannehill is. But I don't. But I, but I do not feel Ryan Tannehill is a top ten quarterback. I feel like Josh Allen is on the lower end of the top ten of the top ten quarterbacks. Because I just said, I said, if you want to go, I I personally think Lamar Jackson can do what Josh Allen does if he has a better offense coordinator and weapons. I don't see the. I don't personally think he has that issue throwing the ball. I think he. I think I, I went down a rabbit hole with with Lamar Jackson's offense coordinator, and he's never been. A top ten offense. He never had a top ten offense ever. And Greg Roman has never had a top ten offense. Right, and that's the way I feel. I feel like Josh Allen's success is due more to what's been put around him than him. And we know Brady makes motherfuckers better, right? Aaron yeah, Rodgers, right. to some degree, makes people better. Josh Allen just does. dealing with what he got. Okay, so so I I don't have a problem leaving Lamar there, right? Kyler Murray. I got to see something a little more from Kyler Murray if I just say top 10. But if he's in there, I'm fine. Matthew Stafford, I'm fine. Dak is top 10. Dak is top 10. Dak is. Yes. When healthy, Dak is top 10. Okay, so let me ask you. Let me ask you this, man. Before, before we go further, before we wrap this up, when we think a top ten quarterback, and when I think a top ten quarterback, I think of a few things. I think of wins. I think of stats. I think of I can win this bitch without you and you, right? That's what I think about. When I look at Patrick Mahomes, I think Patrick Mahomes can win a game without he he needs somebody, but I can I can have the stats. I can have the wins, right? I'm gonna take this bitch right. up or not. Rodgers, Brady, of course, Deshaun Watson, with talent around him, has shown he can get to the fucking playoffs. But I can keep you in a fucking game, right? I'm not going to be the reason we lose. I'm not going to be the reason we lose. Uh, Russell, I can, I can, uh, Lamar, same thing with Lamar. He's that. How Russell. Lamar does it, Lamar will get you a fucking win. Yeah. Okay, Matty Stafford, eh, a lot of stats. I don't, I don't like him in front of that. I don't like Stafford in front of that. That that's fair. That's a fair point. Kyler Murray, eh. Too premature. We don't know yet. Not enough information. You jump out the window. Okay. Now if I go under Brady, right? You got Herbert. I don't know. Tannehill, I don't know. Baker, I think, I think he, he earned can. it. I, I, think I he, he earned, earned it. it. He, he he's earned it. He's he he's got enough credit to go up, but he gotta do it one more time. He gotta go back to club one more time. He's got to go back to the bus one more time. Derek Carr, no. Matt Ryan. And then, then you get to you get to them. You get to the Cars and the Cousins and the Ryans and the Wentz and the Darnolds. Cam being at 20, I think that's honest. I think that's modest. I think that's fair. I think that is highly fair. And, I, and you know, I am a diehard Cam Newton supporter. 20 is modest. That is very, that is highly fair. 
That is very fair. I personally think Cam Newton is one season away from being a backup. This is make or break it for him. If he if he does not elevate to a playoff, he got to be top twelve in the league in order to keep hanging around. And every year he's got to do it every year because the year he doesn't is the year he gets put on the bench. Yes, he he's got to he's got to turn into um. Remember when um Big Ben lost uh Heinz Ward and Mike Wallace and them. And um, well, nah, well, he got Mike Wallace, but then he got Antonio, and then he got uh, what's the other nigga name? Um, Martavis Bryant. He had Bryant. It's, it's the man with Sanders. He got those young niggas, and they just was doing it up and winning games. That's got to be Cam. He got to he, he's, you know, I'm be honest with you. What should have happened to Cam was when Cam got in the lead, they should have built around him, and then he should have been making shit out of nothing. The older he get to keep his job. He's literally going to have to make something out of nothing to keep his job. He's going to have to – Cam's going to have to have 3,500 yards, more TDs than picks, and he's going to have to get to the playoffs in order to be a starting quarterback again. He's going to have to. That's the only so way. Cam's got to have – Cam's got to have at least 20 to 25 touchdowns and single-digit picks. Yes. Yes, he has to. Like, he has no choice. And then only after that, you know – other than that, I think it's a ton of teams that I'd love to have Cam as a backup. I think Cam has, has rehabbed his image since going to New England. I think there's a ton of teams that would just flat out like, okay, I'll take him as a backup. Sure. And you don't have to worry about that aura of Cam Newton coming in there and cooking their goddamn starter. But, you know, I think he has to pull that bitch off this year. Only way. Agree. That's it. It's the he's the only he's the only jersey I got in my closet besides Colin Kaepernick, and that's for you know so, social reasons. Um, my nigga got to come through, or else I just uh, I already left the hometown team. I already left him for you, Cam. I already disowned the only team I ever loved. You you can't do hey. We we gonna have a real personal segment one of these days about why Cam and why him. It's a lot of things, but he I mean, he's going to rip everybody's heart out if he has a shitty season this year. I, right. I honestly, I won't even I won't even be on the internet in no chat rooms if Cam is having a bad season. I I will I'll log off. I'll give the internet back to the internet folks. I agree. I agree. I agree. So We'll, we'll see, bro, man. Uh, n- another good episode, man. Uh, like I said, barbershop mentality, uh, uh, adjacent uh, football and bullshit, man. You know, we still on this death row contract, man. My man Kwame West said it's coming out when it's coming out, man. You know, you niggas eat Master P rice until then. <laughs> but uh, appreciate it. Uh, appreciate y'all for, for fucking with us. Don't know when this shit coming out. Sorry, I can't help oh, you with shit. that. Oh, shit. We'll edit that out. Yo, let me, let me, uh. No, nah, you actually got to leave it because we, we pleading to get dropped. We pleading and <laughs> Siri can't even help us right now. We pleading to be released. We just want to date. We just want to release date. <laughs> Siri, when can we drop? And her response was, sorry, I can't help you with that. So we just, we, we just out here. We just out here, man. Appreciate it. Let me stop.